Morning, Jim. Good morning, Jim. All right, Jim. So the Minnesota Wild, they lose again this time at home to Las Vegas. I know that uh, in the last couple of nights they played against some good teams, but, boy, they're just not looking good. Uh, no, they are just aren't scoring enough goals. First, they gave, gave about five last night, too. But the, the primary problem they're having is they're in the bottom third in goals scored this year, and that it just gets hard to sustain, sustain success. Uh, right now, I think they're in the last wild card spot in the conference. Right now, they've lost three in a row. They're the only team in kind of the top eight or nine, I think, or ten that have lost that many in a row. Uh, Blues are the only team on a longer losing streak. Um, it's a, yeah, they're, they're just not playing well. They're not scoring goals right now. Uh, I know they've had team meetings. They've expressed anger, but I don't know. I don't know if that gets you out of a scoring slump. I mean, they just need to play better. Jim, are they starting to really, I mean, Kevin Fiala was that he left they knew that they weren't going to be able to keep him salary cap being a big part of that. Um, have they really replenished that scoring? Um, it seemed like early on they had, but just not as much anymore. I think that's right. They uh, didn't seem to miss Fiala much early. Uh, they have seemed to have missed him more later. He's not have it, it. So what? Here's the catch. Uh, you can say they miss Kevin Fiala. They miss last year's Kevin Fiala, who doesn't exist anymore. This year's Kevin Fiala has been pretty average. Uh, you know, I'm looking. I'm double checking his stats to make sure he hasn't had a surge lately. But you know, uh, I mean, last year he scored 33 goals. This year he has 18. You know, so he could end up, he'll probably end up in the mid twenties. You know, he's probably going to be, so he's probably going to be down goals and assists this year, but he's also still a better offensive talent than everybody have other than Kaprizov. So would he help? He'd probably help a little. Yes. Um, you know, I know his plus minus is, uh, down yet. Last year he was plus 23. This year he's minus three. Last year was the only time he's ever been, uh, uh above plus since 17, 18 when he was with Nashville. So. Again, would he help? Sure, he's a scorer. Uh, would he change everything? I don't know if he changed everything the way he's playing this year. How about uh, Mark Andre Fleury? Um, how do you feel about how he's playing? Uh, you know, not great. He, he didn't have a very good night last night. Gustafson has probably been the better goalie for a, for a little while now. Um, the real question is, but now we're now we're finally getting down to the point where we can we can actually treat the games as if they're meaningful um, and. You know, they're, they're right on the fringe of the playoffs. They're not in terrible position. They're just going to have to play better. They're at the beginning of a long homestand. If they play well the rest of this homestand, everything levels out. Uh, but they need, they need more from Flurry. They probably need him to establish that he's going to be their playoff goaltender. He needs to get them to the playoffs. He needs to score more goals. It's, um, but I mean, all those things can happen. You know, it doesn't just, just because a team has a losing streak especially in these sports with long seasons, the losing streak isn't always definitive. Jim, uh, switching attention to uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday, it's the Eagles against the Chiefs. Um, Eagles weren't really tested too much in that uh, NFC Championship game or in the playoffs really in general because they walked over the Giants as well. Um, the Chiefs certainly were challenged. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, is Philadelphia the better team? I think Philadelphia has the better roster. Uh, I think they have a better defense. They have a better running game. Um, and they have better wide receivers. So they have a lot of advantages. They, they probably have a better offensive line. Uh, I, the only two advantages Kansas City has is that uh, Mahomes is great. Uh, and Hurts, is, Hurts had, had a great season. Mahomes is great, great. Um, and 
Travis Kelsey is unlike anybody else on either roster. Although AJ Brown is kind of that kind of a player at a wide receiver position. So I just think that Mahomes is going to have to go absolutely nuts. He's going to be incredibly efficient. He's probably going to, I mean, and we think of that in terms of big plays. Yeah, big plays would be nice, but I think what would really help is if they can really control the ball, uh, you know, frustrate the Eagles and, and get a lead and just kind of, whether it's with short passes, quarterback scrambles, the running game, they, I think they just need to have a ball control offense, which is really what Andy Reid is always, has always been known for. You know, he, he's known for kind of a, a control passing offense, horizontal offense. Mahomes just, makes big plays in the structure of that offense. How healthy is Mahomes right now? Well, we don't really know. Um, you know we're not going to know until he has to really make a move under duress in the game. Uh, he obviously managed the pain and the injury very well in the AFC Championship game. He's had two. He's going to have two weeks to rest by the time the game starts. I certainly don't think he's going to be 100%. I think, I think he'll be able to throw the ball fine. The question is, you know, how much will he push it in running and scrambling? As far as Chiefs offensive line against the Philadelphia uh, defensive line, can the Chiefs offensive line hold up? Uh, we don't know. Um, I think that the interesting thing there is that the Chiefs offensive line is a, you know, it's kind of strength against strength when it comes to pass blocking against pass rushing. The Eagles have a great pass rush. Uh, the the Chiefs have a pretty good, you know, okay offensive line. So. Yeah, that's where down and distance comes into play. If, if the Eagles know the, the Chiefs are in a passing situation and they can really take off, uh, that's going to be, that might be tough for this offensive line. But if they, if they get rid of the ball quickly, it neutralizes the rush. And also the Eagles have a weakness is they don't necessarily stop the run as well as they do other things, you know, between Pacheco and maybe Clyde's head. I mean, they, you know, and the Chiefs can run the ball. They don't have a great back, but they can run the ball. So it'll be really interesting to see what Andy Reid's game plan is for this. How, how good is Jalen Hurts? Do you think that we're just scratching the surface on his abilities? Well, he's great this year. Uh, and, you know, other than the injury, he might have won the MVP award. Uh, he, he, I mean, he's, he threw the ball extremely well. And really, what's interesting is if you go back to his college stats, he threw the ball very efficiently in college, too, for two different schools. Then he comes to the NFL, uh, and he throws the, he's threw the ball great this year. He's an excellent runner. He's an excellent short yardage runner. Uh, they they use his ability to run extremely well, both for setting up designed quarterback runs and and for uh, distracting the defense. Uh, you know that Miles Sanders run for a touchdown in the NFC Championship game was incredibly easy against a great defense, in part because the defense reacted to a to Hertz going the other way. So he, I mean, we don't know what the, his ceiling is, we don't know what his longevity is going to be like, but he is a he is a tremendous player. How about uh, just the Eagles and how they were able to put this together? Um, I don't know if it necessarily they came out of nowhere, but they weren't the favorite to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year when the season started. Well, we just didn't know what Hurts was. Uh, last year, Hurts Hertz performed without a, a number one receiver. Uh, he performed really well, but that offense seemed to do well against bad defenses and struggle against good defenses. So we just didn't know how Hurts was going to play. when he, They already had a very good roster top to bottom. Uh, and listen, all the variables come into play. How healthy were they going to be? Was Hurts going to adapt? Then they get A.J. Brown, and all of a sudden they have one of the best offensive talent pools in the league, especially when you include the offensive line, and Hurts just played great. So, I mean, 
we very frequently don't know who's going to end up in these games. Um, you know, most people I knew thought it was going to be like 49ers, Bengals, something like that. And that, those are smart people. It just, it, the point is, this stuff is supposed to be unpredictable. I, what I think is really fascinating is they win a Super Bowl, you know, how, like a handful of years ago here in Minneapolis and they, you know, they, their quarterback, their franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, ends up being a bust. They end up taking Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. Two major mistakes there, and they have such a good roster, they're able to overcome it. And Howie Roseman is so aggressive, he goes out and gets exactly what Jalen Hurts needed, which was a great receiver in A.J. Brown. Jim, if the Vikings had a middle-of-the-pack, like 15th-ranked defense, to go along with their great offense, could they compete with the Philadelphia Eagle team next year? Well, I don't think their roster is anywhere near as good right now, so it might take a while. Next year, I don't know. Um, here, but here, here's the thing. I, I would differ. So I do think that the Vikings' goal is to have a great offense and get closer to a middle-of-the-pack defense that can at least, you know, make the big plays they made this year but also not just give up a million yards. Vikings' uh, offense wasn't great last year. It was clutch. Uh, they took a lot of second quarters off. They took a lot of third quarters off. They, you know, weren't – they weren't – one of the they weren't one of the best offenses in the league. They just played really well in difficult situations, and Jefferson had a great year. So I think the offense should get a lot better as well next year. Second year of the system, uh, first time Cousins has had a, the same coordinator for consecutive years in a long time. Jefferson continued to mature, um, you know. So I think they I think they need to improve on both sides of the ball. Jim, I'm sure we'll have more opportunities to talk about this since you brought up the Vikings. Though the running back market, there's a lot of it, it looks like pretty big-name running backs that will be free agents. Either they're going to be now or there there might be some cuts, which could include Dalvin Cook. Is it possible that the running back market could be saturated enough where you could get some of these top running backs at reasonable prices? Yep. Uh, I think that is probably the way this is going to go. And, you know, really the only good reason for keeping Dalvin Cook in this offense at this stage of his career is sentiment. You know, if you just like having the guy around. And, and usually teams that go with sentiments end up uh, getting everybody fired. So I think they could go young. I think they could go get, you know, uh, one veteran back to lead this young group of backs. Uh, they could keep Madison as a lead back. They could get rid of Madison and Cook and go out and get another running. The thing about running backs, you can plug them in. It's not like a quarterback position where, where some a lot of some of these receiving positions where it takes a long time to get up to speed. Any running running backs can thrive in almost any system. Jim, the Timberwolves are going to play at Memphis tonight. Uh, we're going to see Mike Conley? I would think so, yes. And uh, Gobert's raving about having him. And it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, one of the subplots to getting D'Angelo Russell is his relationship with Towns. Now they get rid of Russell to bring in Gobert's buddy, a guy who played really well with Gobert for the last three years. It, this all, What's really going to be interesting, too, is seeing, and it might, this is another thing that might take time, um, seeing how this changes the way they play defense because they just couldn't play the defense the way they wanted to with Russell on the floor. Connolly has had, you know, many years playing defense with Gobert where the Jazz were a great defensive team. Let's see how, you know, that could, that could be a big thing here. Jim, as far as uh, what they're going to do, is there going to be any kind of a different look do you expect with Connolly? I mean, is he more of a pass first guy than Russell? Yeah, offensively, he's more of a pass-first guy. Defensively, he's just a better, much better player, quicker, tougher, uh, smart. I don't know about smarter, but he's a better defense, defensive player. And they had to do they had to do some things to kind of hide Russell 
Russell can't play really on the ball defense. They try, you know, when they could, they would make him more of a, a center fielder or a spy. Um, you know, Connolly's going to be a more active, better defender, and that might allow them to just play the same defense all the time with Gobez, Gobert's out there rather than have to switch defenses when Russell's out there. Uh, one last one. Uh, Gopher men's basketball is going to play on Sunday against Iowa. Do they have enough healthy guys to play in that game? Uh, good question. Um, I think so. We'll see. Um, and, you know, of course, the Gophers have been disappointing, and it's, it's a kind of a brutal year. I'll also say I'm, <laughs> you look around the NBA and you see these players from Iowa, you know, doing really well, and then you look back at what, I, what Iowa – Iowa seems to underachieve uh, relative to their level of talent. It would be it would be nice if we if the Gophers get to the point where they could have enough talent to underachieve. These right now they're just kind of achieving what they're capable of. All right, Jim, uh, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, let's see. We have Jeff Diamond's Super Bowl preview. Jeff Diamond's Vikings NFL Insider is up. Some of his uh, reflections on taking a team to the Super Bowl. His first year with the Vikings, he ended up going to the Super Bowl as like an assistant PR guy. And we get into some of the Vikings moves and everything's at TalkNorth.com. All right, Jim, thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Actually, on Monday. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you got it. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune's podcast at uh, TalkNorth.com. Forgot it was Friday. So we'll talk again on Monday. Uh, Jim, today brought to you by St. Cloud's General Rental Center and by Wimmer Opticians. Next on WJON, World of National News from ABC. You're listening to the 